uh, this morning. Uh, let's see, am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. Let's just jump right in. Um, we, we're in a series, and this is probably the last, uh, I could go on, but this is kind of the last uh, part of the series about moving forward. Uh, it was so interesting listening to uh, 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 Pastor Victor this morning, because uh, he doesn't know what I was going to speak, and he spoke, and it was almost, from a completely different angle, almost saying the same thing. I was like, wow. Uh, his is... Yeah, so if you, if you can speak Bahasa, you might want to check that, that, that message out. That was so good. Um, when I was getting ready for this last, uh, 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 sorry, I'm stumbling around. When I was getting ready for this last message, uh, I got a verse out of Psalm uh, 144. It says, praise the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. God wants to train us for war, for battle, because we, we are in that. I mean, we, we fight things all the time. We're always struggling to get through things. We have obstacles in our way all the time. And uh, I have been, as I mentioned, and, and if you've been here, you know I've been going through basically the first 10 chapters of Joshua. And um, it's been, I, I've, I've enjoyed this. And so I want to kind of give you a kind of a big picture first and then talk about the last thing uh, that I see that, well, it's not the last thing I see, but the, the, just in the last series, whatever. You get the idea. Uh, I want to kind of just show you a big picture item first, and that is like how, if you know, if you know the story, you know that long before the, the people of Israel ever crossed the Jordan, uh, God had given them a promise. And he said, I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to possess that land. You're going to have to drive out the enemies in that land. And then, um, and then you, will, you will enjoy rest. And that picture is very similar to our lives when we, uh, at one time, were in slavery, we were in bondage. Uh, before we knew Jesus, we, we, you know, we were in bondage. Even, you know, you, might, you didn't even know it. I didn't know I was in bondage until, you, you kind of don't know you're in bondage until you're set free. You know, how do you know the color blue until you see it? If you never saw the color blue and then all of a sudden you see the color blue, you're like, oh, wow. I missed out. Uh, and so uh, the Bible actually says that before you come to Jesus, there's actually a veil over your eyes and you can't see. Uh, but then when you come to Christ, he opens your eyes up and then you can see and you begin to see the truth. And so God promises us, we were in that place and he says, hey, I want to take you to a place of rest. I want to take you to a place, flowing, uh, land flowing with milk and honey. Now, in the Old Testament, it was, it was land. But we can almost say, uh, in a sense, make it like kind of figuratively and say, God wants us to have dominion over our lives, over our heart, over, and eventually, he wants us to set up uh, God on the throne of our heart. That's really what he wants, the throne of our heart, that's what he wants. And it's interesting that in, in this next, uh, well, let me, let me not jump ahead. And let me just kind of go through it. So as we saw, as they entered into the land, um, in order to move forward into the land, there were things that, 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 that stood in their way. There were enemies that stood in their way. There's enemies that, that, are, that are encamped in your mind, encamped in your lives, that there's enemies there, and God is going to teach you, and, and he's going to teach your hands for war so that you can take the enemies out of these places and, land, and, and live in a place of rest in your heart, in your life. 
And, and, and so the first thing is obviously we, we saw early that there's the fear of the giants. You know, before they even came into the land, they, they scouted out, man, there's a lot of giants out there. We're, how are we gonna overcome them? We have to take a step of faith and cross into the land first. So you have to kind of make a decision first in your life that, hey, there are some giants in my land. There are some things in my land that I'm struggling to overcome. I've got to take a step of faith. I've got to enter in, and I know I'm walking into battle when I do. And then, and then we saw how, um, how you have to kind of leave your past behind. You have to leave even some of your old thinking behind because when you, if you bring the past into your, uh, the things that have hurt you in the past, if you bring them into the present, they will affect your future. And so you have to kind of leave it behind. That's why in, in the Old Testament we see like when they crossed the Red Sea, you know, God, would you do that for me too? He just like, he closed the pathway. There's no way back. And we have to take a step of faith and say, you know what, we've got to, get, take, we've got to go to a place where there's no, there's no return. Uh, because if, if there was an opportunity to return and we did, then, then we're going to be back in the same situation we were before. And then as they got ready to move into uh, facing their first uh, foe, which was the, uh, the Jericho walls, you know, you, you, had, you had to make a decision. Remember that Joshua ran into this uh, this, this angel, uh, the commander of the armies, which could be Jesus, we don't know, and um, he says, are you, on my, are you on my side or are you on the, the, the enemy side? And, and God says, no, I'm not on either one. Uh, this is the side to be on. I'm, I'm on my side. And Joshua and the God's people had to get on God's side. They had to get into God's plan. They couldn't, they couldn't just do it their own way. It's not like when we say, you know, God goes with us, that we can do whatever I want and God follows. And it's not really how it works. God doesn't follow us, we follow him. And then we looked and saw how um, we had to learn how to listen to the sound of his voice because it's when we hear his voice that we will begin to see the walls come down as we begin to just kind of concentrate on just what he says, not on what our worries are or what we see. If we concentrate on his voice, then we hear the trumpet sound and the walls come down. Same thing in our lives. We have to hear his voice. And, and, and then, and then uh, we saw that after they, they, they got into Jericho, uh, God said what? The first fruits are mine. Don't touch anything. But we saw that last, this was last week or the week before, how, how Achan, he was aching for something. Achan was aching. No, never mind. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It wasn't that good. You don't have to laugh. Even my wife said, no, didn't work, Donald. Okay. Um, but, you know, Achan just couldn't wait because we saw that in, in chapter 11, right? In chapter 11, God said, every place you plunder is all the stuff is yours. All, everything, all of the stuff is yours. You can keep it all. But, but Achan couldn't wait and he wanted instant gratification. And how instant gratification will keep us from moving forward because we'll steal uh, what God wants to have for the future. We take now and we shortchange ourselves. We, we hurt ourselves. And we saw various ways that that happens. And, and, and Israel saw that as well. Now, I just want to say that as we, as we, okay, I'll say it this way. When you look in the history of what's going on in, in, in Joshua, I learned this only a couple of weeks ago. It's really cool. I didn't realize that, that the, and I don't think the people realized, but Israel was actually moving 
to eventually take over Jerusalem. It wasn't called Jerusalem back then. It was a different city name. But that's where they were headed. They were eventually going to get to Jerusalem. When they conquered Jerusalem, guess what was going to happen? What? They build the temple. God comes down. God takes his throne. And when I see that, I said, wow, that's, that's just like us. When we're trying to actually let God be enthroned in our heart, there's a lot of enemies that we face to get to that place. But once we get to that place, boom, we can put God on the heart, uh, in the center of our lives, and, and God will rule over our lives. And as they got closer to Jerusalem, guess what happened? The fight got harder. The last fight, which we won't even talk about, was when all the kings of all the lands said, oh no, here comes Jerusalem, uh, Israel rather, and Israel is conquering everything. And even though these kings were actually enemies, they're like, we better come together. We better come together and fight this guy, these, this, this, these people, because they're going to take over. So I just want to tell you that if you are facing a lot of struggle right now, if you see like the enemies are all ganging up on you, you're in a good place because you're close to the victory in the end where you're going to take it all over. We're going to take all those kings down. If you're struggling in your minds, if you're struggling in your businesses, if you're struggling in your relationships and you really want to have these good things in your life and all of a sudden it seems like everything is going wrong, you're getting close. You're getting close because the enemy, ultimately, we learned this right in the beginning, that the enemy is actually scared when you decide that you're going to follow God. The enemy is scared when you get on God's side. So the enemy is going to do everything he can to try to stop you from moving forward. So this is what's going on. And then we see kind of this, one of, this, one of the, probably, in my opinion, one of the most devilish things that the enemy does in our lives to keep us from really getting full and total victory and getting into that place of rest. And it's found in Joshua chapter nine. Joshua chapter nine, verse three, it says this. It says, when the people of Gibeon, now Gibeon was one of the, the enemies. He was one of the enemies of, of, of Israel of the Israelites, and he, he, they, they, they were one of the enemies that, that like, didn't want to be conquered. When they heard that what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. That's what we're gonna talk about today. They resorted to deception. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys and, and weathered uh, uh, saddlebags and old patched uh, wineskins, and they put on worn out patched sandals and ragged clothes. And their bread they took, uh, excuse me, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. And when they arrived at the camp of Israel uh, at Gilgad, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land to ask you to make peace, a peace treaty with us. See, when the enemy realizes that you're taking land, when the enemy realizes that you're gonna stop following God, that you're gonna go all the way with God, and they know, they know they're gonna lose, the first, one of the last thing he does is says, you know what, let's just make a treaty. Let's make peace. A treaty is like an agreement or you, you kind of make an agreement with something and you make peace with them. Instead of dealing with things that you're supposed to deal with, you make peace with them. 
And you say, I'm just gonna live with you together and we're gonna move on together. And so Gibeon, they get smart and they said, you know what? Instead of getting conquered, let's just make a treaty. Let's make a, a peace treaty. Let's make a pact, a contract together. And we'll live in this land together. Now, of course, the Israelites don't know that the Gibeon uh, is, is, you know, not from a far land. But Moses had already told them in, in two places, Moses had already told the people, they already knew, he said, do not make a peace treaty. I think it's Exodus chapter 24. He said, do not make a peace treaty, treaty with the enemy or with the enemies in the land that God is going to give you. Don't make a treaty with them. So he already told them, I'm laughing, sorry. What goes through my mind as I speak sometimes? Uh, uh, Linda, the sound person, said, are you gonna yell today? I said, I don't know, I yell every day. So I guess I am gonna yell a little bit, sorry. I, I'll try to stay calm. But he said, don't make a peace treaty with them. Don't make a peace treaty with them. And so in Joshua 9:14, it goes on, it says, so the Israelites examined the food of the Gibeons, but they did not consult with the Lord. Uh-oh. Mistake number one. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. And so today I want to talk to you about the dangers and, and, and what happens when we make a treaty with things in our lives that we're supposed to, the word is eradicate, we're supposed to destroy and get out of our lives, but we have, we have made peace with it and we live with it. And God says, no, don't make a peace treaty with that. Get rid of it. And I want to talk about the different ways we make alignments and agreements and what happens. And so let's just jump right in. And the first thing is, you notice that it says that they examined the food, but they didn't consult the Lord. A lot of times that's what happens in our lives. We examine the situation, but we don't consult the Lord. We look at a situation and we calculate it, we make logical decisions, business decisions, whatever we do, we make, we, we just said, ah, it won't really hurt. It's not gonna bad, it's not gonna bother anybody. It's not, you know, I'm examining it. You know, I, we can live with that. And most of the time we think, oh, it's not gonna hurt anyone. We don't consult with the Lord. That's why the Bible says what? Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in everything, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He doesn't want us to simply examine with our eyes. I mean, he's trying to teach us. He's trying to teach the Israelites to walk by faith. He's been training their hands for war. When God is training your hands for war, the first thing he wants you to learn is to consult the Lord before doing anything. That's the first thing you should do. Now, some people say, well, how do I hear from God? That's a whole other series. I'll talk to you about it another time. But trust me, you will hear God. He will show you. It says, well, what if I don't hear from God? I actually do have a thing. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes he says it's okay to do. Sometimes he is silent. Now, I'm not saying, you know, God, what do I do? Oh, I don't hear him. Okay, I'll make my own decision. I mean, I, please be honest and seek his face about a situation before. I'm not talking about brushing your teeth. I'm talking about decisions here. I'm talking about enemies that live with you. 
Enemies that like, you know, that are living in your heart, anxiety, things like that. Decisions in business, yeah. You should consult the Lord. Not every decision you make in business is what God wants. I've heard over and I heard this one story of this guy. He was in, he was in California and, uh, you know, his church was growing. It was amazing. Um, and some guy came in. He says, I've been searching for a church. He goes, I got a million dollars. I wanted to give that million dollars to a church that I felt was the one, you know. And the, he said, I want to give it to your church. A million bucks, man. I'll take a million. And he prayed about it. And God said, don't take it. He's like, what, God? What are you talking about? Don't take it. God said, don't take it. So he didn't take it. The guy was like, what? He thought he was off his rocker. But he learned later, I won't go through the whole story, but he learned later that it was God saying, don't take it. And God showed him later why. It wasn't that the man was evil or anything. He just said, don't take it. You know, even though it sounds right. So, but there are times where like you're trying to make a decision, you don't have an answer in your mind. I believe that sometimes God is silent because he's saying to you, you can make any decision you want, it's okay. Like either one is fine. That does happen. So I'm trying to be honest with you. I'm not just trying to say, you know, you, you, you don't consult the Lord to brush your teeth. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Just listen to your mom. Uh, but anyways, the first thing is uh, we've got to start by consulting the Lord. Now, I will tell you this, that if you don't start with consulting the Lord, most of the time later you will stop consulting with him. If you're dealing with a situation and you, you make a decision without consulting the Lord, a lot of times as you go through that decision, you will stop altogether to even consult with the Lord in that situation. The second thing is, when we, when, we, when we stop making agreements with the enemy, then we, a lot of times the reason why is even afterwards we will start listening to their reasoning. So they're sitting there, they're not consulting with the Lord. They give me that, they're like, we're from far away, look at our bags, look at our stuff. We, they weren't very far, you know, they were only in the next town over. But they made themselves look like they were from far away. And so, what is Joshua doing? He's not consulting with the Lord, so what is he doing? He's listening to the reasoning of the enemy. And that's what will happen in your life at times. If you're not consulting with the Lord, and then all of a sudden the reasoning seems right. You know, they said, we came from a distant land. They didn't come from a distant land, but you're listening. So sometimes, you know, you're, you're struggling with things. You know, the enemy's been saying to you, well, you grew up in a messed up family. That's why you're struggling. And you're like, man, yeah. And see, now you've stopped. Now you're not moving forward. Now you're going, yeah, that reasoning is right. That's why I am the way I am. That's the, way I, that's the reason why I do the things I do because my family screwed me all up and so then I'm just gonna you know, keep going in the same direction. And all of a sudden you've made a, an alliance, a treaty with that very lie. Now I'm not saying that's not true but what I'm saying is the conclusion is you know, I am the way I am. I, I just, I, I'm looking at, you know, I look into the mirror you know, and, and I see this, and, and everything in me says, you know, I am who I am, like, you know, because, it, and, and your, your, your perception of yourself is all messed up. Your identity is all messed up in who God says you are versus who you think you are. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, mm, mm, you know, I can't change. And you've made a, you've made a, you've listened to the reasoning of the enemy, you're believing their logic, and it's keeping you from moving 
forward. Number three, when we, we live with something long enough, we become accustomed to it. When we live with something long enough, we become accustomed to it. It's not foreign anymore. Pastor uh, Victor said it's, not fam it's, it's familiar. And so when it becomes familiar, you don't realize it, but you're like, ah, that's the way it's always been. That's the way it always will be. So that's it. That's life. And then you just made an agreement with keeping everything the same, and you're not moving forward. You're not making any changes. Because why? It's familiar. Sometimes we agree. <laughs> this is a tougher one. We've become familiar with it, so we decide to live with it because we don't want to battle it. Because we know if we decide that we don't want to live like this anymore, guess what happens? A battle begins in our heart, a battle begins in our lives, a battle begins in our relationships, a battle begins in the way we live because we've decided we're not gonna live like this anymore. We've lived familiar like this, we know it's wrong and it's time to change, but we know that if we make that decision, a battle has to occur. Like maybe you have a relationship and in your relationship you, uh, you have like an offense, so like Carol and I, maybe Carol and I are in relationship, obviously, and, and I have an offense, and, 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 and I don't talk about it for a long time, so now I'm used to it. She's used to it because she senses it on me, right? So she knows I'm affected by something, I'm offended by something, and so she doesn't want to battle, I don't want to battle, so we don't talk about it, so we end up living with it. Until Carol maybe says to me, I'm done, I don't wanna live that way anymore. Uh, guess what happens now? The battle begins. But maybe she's too tired. Maybe she just doesn't want to anymore. Maybe she's afraid. Maybe she's, you know what I'm saying? You know how it works? This is what happens in our lives. This is what happens in our lives. Something becomes familiar and we know that if we wanna get rid of it, it's gonna cause us to have to battle with it. But I'm telling you, what do you wanna do? Do you wanna live with it? Or do you want to change? Uh, before I go on, um, there is something that's been in my heart for about, oh, maybe three weeks, and I had forgotten about it. And during worship, um, it came back to me. So I need to say this to you. This has nothing to do with, well, it does have everything to do with my message, but I hadn't even written it, but I remembered it, and I want to share it with you. And I want to say this because... Um, Sometimes we have made agreement with things and uh, we don't want to get rid of it, but we don't realize that it's possessing us. I saw two things uh, over the last three weeks that I, in my prayer time. I saw, uh, I saw like a, it's like a kind of a black and brown smooth stone in someone's pocket, and then I, or it could be in a, a purse. I saw two, two uh, charms, two charms. That one and another charm, it was made of uh, kind of metal, and it's kind of like a triangle, it's small, it's a triangle, 
and I saw that in a pocket or a purse. Like, when I say a purse, uh, you know those ones that you carry your money and you put it in? Someone's carrying a charm. Someone was given a charm, and you're carrying it, and I'm telling you, you made agreement with that, and that thing is of the devil, and you need to get rid of it today. You need to throw it on the altar and leave it here and walk away. And I know maybe someone, whoever has that, is gonna have trouble doing that because I've seen where people cannot get rid of these charms. But I believe someone has that today. And if it's you, all you have to do, it's not easy, is at the end, you come and you chuck it at the altar and you leave it. And, and I will throw it away for you and, never get, and, and just get rid of it because it's holding something on you. Um, that's off topic. It's not really off topic, but anyways, I'm done with that. So when we, when we, uh, when, uh, I'll just go back to here. When we, when we live with something long enough, we become familiar, we don't want to battle with it. Even like norms of society, we do the same thing with norms, like normal things of society. We're like, ah, it's society. Let's just live with it. Let's, and we've made agreement with things in society. And that's why they're still here, because we've decided not to battle it and get rid of it, get it out of our lifestyle, get it out of our, you know, get it off our, our, uh, our Netflix list. I'll say it that way. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's getting quiet in here. Number four, sometimes we make agreements with things because we have lost the battle so many times. We've lost so many times. We've fought it so many times. We've lost. That's where addictions are. That's where, you know, just things in your life that you just got to, you know. God doesn't want that in your life. And just because you failed a hundred times doesn't mean you can't have victory the next time. They say about someone that's a, that has an addiction, you say, well, if I confront them, you know, they're just going to reject me. It say, they, they say average it takes 49 times for someone to hear that they need to change their lives 49 times before they'll get rid of the addiction. So the 49th time that the guy or girl says, yeah, I have that problem, I need to get rid of it. So you're number 39. Be number 39, get rejected. Someone has to be 39 to get to 40, and someone has to be 40 to get to 41. Don't allow these things to live in our lives. Don't make agreements with them. And silence is just like agreement. All right, let's, let's get to the good stuff, okay? <laughs> I said all that to kind of... All right, I'll give you one more. I, I have like four more pages, but we're done. If you live with something long enough you will begin to listen to the cries and demands of it. See, later, they made an impact with the Gib Gib Gibeonites. They made, a, they made an agreement with the Gib Gibeonites. Later, they had to go save the Gibeonites. See, they had to listen to the cries of it. So just because you think, hey, I'm living with it and nothing is being affected in my life, trust me, it is because you're listening to its cries, its demands, and you will help it. That's all the bad stuff. I'll give you one good thing. Let's end on a good note because it is a good thing. The Gibeonites, even though the Israelites made an agreement with them, eventually they said, okay, but guess what, Gibeon? You're gonna work for us for the rest of your life. 
And that's what it means to turn a curse into a blessing. And that's what it means that if you're struggling with something in your life, if you've been in agreement with something in your life and you've been wanting to get rid of it, trust me, it will end up being your servant. It will launch you into new realms after you make it your footstool. After you say, that's it, I'm, I'm renouncing this stuff, I'm getting rid of this stuff, and now you're gonna learn so much through it that you're gonna be able to help others. That's why you have things like AA, where, where uh, my friend Jim, he's a great friend of mine, who, uh, who like almost died through alcoholism, finally decided to, to get his act together, and he went to AA, and now he's one of the leading, if you have that struggle, I'll, I'll, anytime I ask Jim, Jim, I have a friend of mine, he goes, let me talk to him. Because Jim helps people overcome this stuff, and he has made that thing his footstool. And he has launched into new realms because he's learned to overcome those things. It has made him into the person he is today through the struggle of overcoming it. Relationships, you're struggling in relationships. If you learn to get a good relationship, you fight through it. You finally get rid of the junk inside your relationship and you turn it into a great relationship, you'll be able to teach others what it's all about. You'll have learned. So you can make these things your footstool. You can make these things, you can turn these things from a curse into a blessing. And that's what, that's what, jo, uh, that's what Joseph said, right? He said what? What man meant for evil, God meant for good. God will use those things in your life. And it will work for you at the end. And pretty soon, you'll be set free. Can I get an amen? So I'm just gonna ask the worship team to come on out. I never told them when. Let's, I, wanna, I want you to stand for a minute. And I just want you to put out your hands and I want you to surrender to God and say, God, uh, you know, just pray with me and just, we're gonna pray that God, you know, helps us to move into that land flowing with milk and honey to give us rest. And I want you to let the Holy Spirit search your mind and your heart. Because I think as I'm talking, you probably already are thinking of things in your life that you've made agreements with. Maybe you're the one that has that stone in your pocket. You gotta get rid of it. You gotta throw it away. You gotta get rid of those offenses in your relationship. You gotta get rid of, I can't see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I got a signal back there, but don't worry about that. We'll worry about that later. Let the Holy Spirit, one of the verses in the Bible says, search my heart, oh God and see if there be, and I'm gonna change the words in that, so see if there be any wicked ways, see if there be any agreements that I've made, any treaties of peace I've made with things that are not right, and lead me into the path of the living. Lord, I know that if we are in this place, we are so close to Jerusalem, so close to a place where we can set you up on the throne of our heart, Lord God. Father, we wanna, we wanna put you in a place of, of great purity, of great uh, holiness, Lord God. We wanna get rid of all the enemies, Lord God, and let you reign completely and supremely over our lives. Father, I know that deception is a, is a difficult thing, so open the eyes of our heart that we might see you, Lord God.
just let the Lord just speak to you. As he does, I'm just going to give you very, very simple things that you can do to help you move on, to get rid of these things. The first thing is to just to just say, I no longer want this in my life. And if you are saying a person, you have missed everything I've said. If you're in a relationship and you're saying, I want to get rid of that person, that's not what I've said today. Get rid of the division. Get rid of the the, 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 if it's a business and you've made agreements in your business, change them. Change your ways. Second thing we can do is, uh, I use the word renounce. Like, just say it. Say it out loud. Say it out loud to someone. Start by saying it to yourself, but then say it to someone. I no longer want this in my life. to ask someone for help. It takes strength and courage. Like I said last week, it takes determination. It takes passion and perseverance. So Lord, I pray for anyone here who's tried and tried and failed, Lord God. I, Lord, give them strength to stand up again. Father, I pray for all of us. I pray for myself, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to let go of these things that are not healthy. Help us to reach out and grab a hold of the good things, the things that are good and are pure and of a good reputation. I'm going to read that verse uh, exactly. Where is it? I have it here somewhere. Ah. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is any excellence or praiseworthy of it, think about such things. As we think about those things, God will reveal to us the things he wants us to get rid of.
I pray they would see you high Amen. and lifted up in their lives. Father, I pray, Lord God, as they move forward, their eyes would be focused on the author and finisher of their faith, Lord God. That, Lord God, they would just shed all the things and the, the sin that so easily Amen. entangles, Lord God. And they would run the race before them, Lord. Give them power and strength. Bless them as they go. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you.